My name is Zach Como, and you're listening to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. back to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. Like I said, my name is Zach and I'm your host. If your company has deployed solutions like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Google Meet, WebEx, or Slack, or other collaboration platforms in the last, let's say, eight or nine months, this episode is for you. We welcome on Dana Corey, and he's the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Collaboration Hardware Company, Avacor. We talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic has forced a shift the collaboration tech industry and how collaboration tech will continue to change in the future. Specifically, we talk about what solutions have staying power when we ultimately return to the office in some capacity and what solutions that might become obsolete going forward. Before we get to that interview, here's a quick reminder that the My Tech Decisions podcast is available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Download and subscribe to hear weekly interviews with experts in IT, cybersecurity, unified communications and collaboration. Uh, software, AV systems, and more. And now here's Dana Corey. Uh, Dana, thanks for uh, taking some time out of your day. Um, how are our collaboration habits changing, and how is tech um, keeping up with that? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I mean, clearly the the work from home, which we're all doing, uh, has had uh, quite the twist on collaboration, if you will, in the sense that we you know, have, have left the offices and then we started to see some return to the offices at different paces, of course. Um, you know, I think the desire and the learnings from collaboration all remain the same. <clears throat> the challenge later has been how do we integrate that with the work from home? And then, and then more importantly for us is as they do a return, uh, what are percentage that is, you know, how do we ensure that the work from home colleague is just as engaged as those in the office again in that new environment. So, um, I think the good news is the tools, as we saw with Zoom, for example, going from 10 million users to 300 million users, shows us that we have the platforms that can scale to it. The challenge has been a little recently is, you know, what's what's available for home mm. uh, for those that are going to stay at a work from home or majority. And then and the next challenge is, you know, what does the office look like or what is it going to look like around that? And I think the tools that we already have in place for the definitely for the, for the office are there. Um the question is, you know, really comes down to who's who's going to stay home, if you will, and uh, over the next, you know, whatever, whatever time that is, and what tools do they need? Um, and I think the answer depends on the job type and the title and the the department they're in. Right. Um, so. And and we we've seen some, um, you know, uh, I guess smart collaboration displays that that are designed for for the home office, like the Zoom for Home. Um, I think the the Facebook portal is designed for that as well. Yeah. Um, you know, how much staying power do you think those have? And you know, are we gonna are we gonna outfit everyone's home office that decides to stay home with all this technology? And how realistic is that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's obviously a really good question. The um. The first part is, 
you know, the home environment and just the struggles that IT has on a part of its corporation, if you will, being at somebody's home. Because you think about all that content and security they have to then worry about, right? So, great, you, we work from home at a convenience, but now if you're really staying there, you know, what's that look like from an IT perspective? That's obviously a huge challenge. On the device level, uh, I don't know. I think we learned a lot in collaboration over the last 20, 30 years that just suggests that a work from home um, is, an, is part of the mix, but not the mix, if you will. Um, and to me, I don't know about you, but my home system needs to be agnostic and open and the ability to I'm bouncing from a Teams meeting to a Zoom meeting to to a PowerPoint and then I'm presenting. It's, it's, it's all over the place as I work from home. So to me, I kind of like the idea of a device that is uh, as agnostic um, in that environment. And right now, I would I would say that I don't really know if there really is a solution out there that really says, hey, I'm, I'm open. Other than like what I have here is my laptop. I've got my monitor. Obviously, I have the advantage of having a touch screen behind me. Mm. and the camera and, and that's really what i need you know i can get through a lot of it that way right um yeah and you know we've heard of talk of like uh interop between zoom uh teams webex i think uh, yeah. were, were the big three yeah. that were at least just talking about it and uh to my knowledge it has not happened yet um but yeah that that is a good point that um you know we do need systems that work with uh, every collaboration app on the market, not just, you know, the select two or three. Yeah. Or, um, just, or in some, most of the cases right now, they're just one. Yeah. And, right. you know, and I think the market has been asking the big three or four, you know, the Googles, the, the WebEx, Zoom and Teams to kind of get along, if you will, uh, which has its challenges in so many levels, competition to mm. desire to, you know, necessitating all the engineering required to do that. So that's always going to be that way. So it's been that way in a lot of categories when competing brands are in the same space and you want them to all get along. And <laughs> that's hard to admit. Yeah. To do, so. yeah. And I think um, there are obvious uh, one or two of those companies that would greatly benefit from that. And while, you know, the other two uh, would probably see, you know, some business lost, yeah, I, I would assume. It. Yeah, you I mean you're basically opening up your client to seeing another way to do it. Yeah. And it just gives you some exposure. But in the end, we'll, we'll see. And the, the three of them said they got together. I think it was Team Zoom and Cisco. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a little bit of interop, but haven't seen much. But um, I think the bigger challenge for the work from home is let's talk about maybe the profiles that stay home, right? Um, and if it's either a team lead on the engineering side of it, it's a, a product team, it's an executive. If I'm home and my big question recently to, you know, corporate has been, if we found it useful in the corporate office to have these tools at work, why wouldn't we go home? Do we have to, should we give them up? And why wouldn't some of that tools go home with you? Now, granted, in my case, you know, this is a perfect, this is a 55 inch. Yeah. So that, that works for a home, right? Anything more than that, it's, it becomes cumbersome. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I can, you know, if I'm in a collaboration environment and I'm truly engaging on my content, my applications, like I was in the office again, not suggesting a new case. I'm just saying, take the case from the office, take it home. You need something like that. That's where I think there's a mix of that out there available to us um, as a category. But it'll be it'll be a fraction of the fraction that stays home. Mm. Um, so in the office, do you have, um, I guess. You know, how similar is the, is your in-office experience to your home office experience? Do you have that collaboration display, you know, by your desk? 
uh, in, uh, our office? In, in our office, yes. And some of the um, all of all of our meeting rooms have it, and then certain individual offices have it. Um, the the crux has been even for us, and now it's getting better. Has been you know the cost point to justify the device in the room. Um, I don't know about you, like about my home now. I have more TVs than I've ever thought I'd ever have, but just because the cost points came down, and it was not that inconvenient to do that. And I think this this category interactive is becoming um, one more and more closer to mainstream thanks to the big three or four mm. because of interactivity and then the cost points too. So um, yeah, and it, again, I go back to the volume of interactive panels that were sold this year and the years prior. And, and just say, okay, let's, if those people are home, what are they, what are they doing now? And, and that's where it comes in. So. And are the cost points of those kind of displays coming down to, to support that kind of widespread use in the, in home offices? In, in corporate world, yes. For a true home consumer, no. I mean, right. no, no home consumer is going to buy this display because, unless, you know, unless they're doing a lot of interactivity, which would be surprising for a home. But from a corporation, part of their office now is, if the fifth office, if you will, or the other office now is the home office, then from a corporate perspective, yes, it fits in that model mm-hmm. because they're they're ensuring that the security is there, the quality is there, and the convenience is there to tie back to the systems, much like they would another room. So my argument is that it's just another room within the corporate space um, that has mm-hmm. to be just as hugged and controlled as it is in the one down in the boardroom. Right. right. Um, so what about more kind of smaller personalized displays or it's just a simple uh sound video bar. Um I think those that those tools would go a long way um you know toward helping a lot of people you know kind of uh complement you know what the functionality of their la- of their laptop. Um it, it you know right now we're uh, the inter- the interactive experience comes from the major platforms. So in the case of Zoom rooms they have you know you walk up to join you can share content wirelessly or you know, through the through the cloud, and then you can whiteboard and save and, and do all those things. So we're enabled that way. And Teams is similar um, in that regard. And of course, every Windows 10 has all these uh, touch features built into Windows 10. So now it's the display. So it really comes down, you know, yeah, I think there's a category there around the work from home on the interactive space, you know, in that maybe in that maybe 30 inch area. Um, but I guess the real, really, you and I are the best people to answer as just general. What, what do you want on your home desk here, right? Um, and what would what would work, right? And one, if I have a monitor in front of me that I want to work on and annotate on, well, it's got to be able to rotate. I got to be able to, you know, write on. It. I can't have it like out here like this trying to write on it. So um, there's a few challenges I think we face in that area. But again, I kind of go back to much like the climate in the U.S. right now. Are we Gonna have majority work from home or is it going to be a small number in the end? Therefore, how big is that category? So before we all go rushing to the hills and saying, let's get work from home going, I might say, well, what's it going to, okay, let's fast forward a year from now, you know, yeah. or two years, right? You know, just, just by nature, what we were doing six months ago, seven months ago, wasn't because we had to, we found that it was the most useful way to do business and, mm. and so. Yeah, it is interesting uh, just to think about what's going to happen to all of this office space that's just unoccupied right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. uh, our office is, is close to Boston, and I've seen a few reports that from uh, here, uh, which is about half an hour from Boston, um, the office vacancy rate is 
like well over like 50%. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it seems staggering. Um, wh- what do you think about, uh, this hybrid remote work thing, uh, will stay? What has, what has longevity? Um, yeah. in terms of, you know, the, all the new tech that's come out recently. I mean, look at, uh, I think it was JP Morgan maybe a month ago put up a release out about how Jamie Dimon said, you know, we're going back to work, right? In a, in a hybrid model. We're going to bring our people back to the office, our 65,000 employees at different stages, of course, over time. Yes, there'll be some level of persistent work from home, and that will always be maintained, but we're going to be re- returning to that. And I had a call yesterday with a Fortune 50 company uh, on their uh, calling us to talk about their return to work uh, over the next few months into Q1, looking at ideas of, of areas of collaborating and more open spaces. How would we do that? Um, and then the evolution of certain meeting rooms to adjust for either less people in larger spaces so that we can, we can be in an, an area but may not, not be so crowded. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a lot of question around that. Um, they're more spatial than they are function, if that makes sense. It's not like how, what should we be collaborating? It's more about how should we set this up so it's most user-friendly and convenient and fits the, the rules that we think we live in with around COVID, you know, or whatever that's going to be after that. So, um, and, yeah, and I think with an eye always towards, that one day we'll return to a place where that's not being around each other is not a threat more than it was, you know, nine months ago or a year ago now. So, you know, keeping that in mind too for corporations. So they're, I think they're looking at a mixture of that is, yeah. and, and right now you got to admit, it's not politically very correct to go, we're all going back to the office. Yeah. I mean, who's going to do that leap. Right. 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 And then, then there's the other part of the leap that says, uh, and I find that from, mainly from California companies that, we're not going to go back until July of next year. Yeah. So this this is high, this mix and but I think what we're seeing now, what I know we're seeing now, is a strategy to return, recognizing a hybrid, recognizing space uh, as a function, and then finding the worst best use cases, and then and then get ourselves back to a, mm. a state of working around each other. Uh, we've also seen a lot of talk about um, you know touchless, voice activated. Uh, collaboration tech. Uh, what have you seen? You know, and uh, you know, kind of same question is: Are we just kind of use it until um, there's a vaccine and, and the virus is gone, and then it'll be obsolete after? You know, how much staying power does, does this stuff have? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the it's interesting when we ask the question around touch, but yet we go out in our personal lives and we touch everything we're out we're out and yeah. about, right? It's as if, as if touching that screen in an office became the the or the touch screen on the, the desk, whatever, is, is becomes the magical spot where things are bad. It's like, wait a second, what about all the things we did? I mean, if I go to a restaurant and I sign the receipt, grabbing the pen from the cuff that is there, you know, so it's my point on that is that touch is, is around us everywhere on, on everything we're doing. What we've been talking to corporations about is that when you're doing your cleaning per COVID, the display is no different than it is the table, the desk, the chair, the door handle, you know, all that stuff. It's, all part of that process. So just incorporate us in that when you're no, you're not, you're not in a worse position. Um, on the voice side of it, um, I think we can all recognize that voice has challenges in a meeting room for the sheer fact that lots of voices and who's the commander in chief on a, on when you say something and then what, what are we saying and, and what's reacting. But we are relying on the platforms, uh, that being the teams in Zoom. I think Zoom announced last week a lot more on the AI side or the voice. Mm-hmm integration with Alexa and then their own. 
Um, right. So we're really kind of falling on that. What we're looking at from a hardware perspective is just make sure we listen and, and, and provide the speaker and the hardware parts that to, to allow for it when it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, it might end up being some level of a hybrid too, much like I'm at the desk, start the meeting. It starts the meeting and then I go up and I can interact or I'm interacting right. with it, whatever it is. So it could be a hybrid. Just depends again on the philosophy, kind of the company and the people's comfort. But you'd have to admit that until, uh, until there's some vaccine that we feel comfortable, there will always be people not comfortable until that time. Mm-hmm. And, but the one thing that we try to remind a lot of our dealers, and they, they know this, and of course the other manufacturers know this, the market size for meeting rooms, even during COVID, is massive. When we, we when we went into pre-COVID, you know, we had addressed from small rooms to upwards of around maybe 150 million rooms around the world with less than a 5% penetration of technology. So that in itself is the, is the object. That's the holy grail, right? So now if we have COVID, we can say it's been reduced or dramatically at the moment, but it's still massive mm-hmm. is the point. And even if the, if there's picture people going back at different paces, it's still massive. Right. Um, and so just a, a perspective, I think is, is the idea there is that while it is reduced, it's still a, an incredible category. Yes, it's been, it's been hindered by one part, but one thing too, Zach, to think about is that in March, most people didn't know what the word Zoom was, mm-hmm. let alone doing video. And now overnight, we have millions of people who are now comfortable being on video who are now using as convenient as using a phone. So that for our category has helped us too, because now there's an expectation when I get back to the office, I should be seeing things, content and people uh, on screen. So. Um, what do you think will become obsolete, um, you know, once everything's semi back to normal? Um, I th- personally think that since Zoom was kind of an easy to deploy uh, solution um, and, you know, companies kind of just went for Zoom because it was, e- you know, easy to, easy to deploy, um, you know, versus Microsoft Teams that Zoom might might uh, get hurt probably the, the worst once things get back to normal. Is that fair to say? And, you know, what else do you think will become obsolete? Yeah. I mean, Zoom's, Zoom's a strong company. They're smart people there. They uh, clearly have done their homework on this thing and they're, they're running with it, which is good. At the same time, I don't think Teams, Google and Cisco are sitting down idly waiting right. and not doing anything on their strategy. So it will become, uh, I think once I'm, my, my thought is Q1 or so we start seeing a big uptick in on some of these meeting rooms advancements and really seeing the guns come out by these players showing more, mm-hmm. which means they're going to have to bring more to the table to make the category stronger. So, what if you're back to your question about, you know, what would go away? I would say the video only or the, um, the single platform could be a, at risk. Because if you talk to a lot of fortune companies or even the thing we learned this year is that even in our best planning, we couldn't plan for this. So if you're an IT director of facilities and you planned to have a single platform as an example in all your offices and you have no concept work from work from home in that platform you're you were in deep trouble now you've got this idea that oh my gosh in any given time the user base could change the platform desire or needs and i've got to have a system in those rooms or in our, our it that can adapt and if i can't if i don't have that and we're going back to that single platform idea if i can't switch to a teams or something else or another application the company wants i could be in job uh, trouble because i didn't provide a platform that the, the company could fall back on and so selfishly, I'm pointing out having systems, you know, like ours that where we can be, we start as a display and then we build up to solutions. 
But any given time, the agnostic part will let you ebb and flow with the business, never thinking, I got to remove this from the wall. I really just have to change the compute and maybe the operating system. But other than that, I'm set. Right. Mm. So, um, you know, how, how are how is the collaboration display business doing right now? Are you seeing an uptick since, you know, people are kind of starting to feel out what going back to the office will look like? And, uh, you know, what do you guys think moving forward? Yeah, the um, obviously, like like a lot of the country in the world, the March, April, May was pretty tough times. Yeah. Um, one, because there was this a retreat and then we had enough projects that were going on that were pre-built. This, they were just they had to get done or keep going. That kept us going. Um, and then, you know, in the world of a lot of these integrations that, you know, they're 90 days, six month um, processes, if not more than that, depending on the build size. So we are seeing some level of uptick in this quarter with projects. Um, a little of the run rates gone away, uh, meaning. Just some some smaller businesses buying units here and there, you know, kind of that you do enough run rate of actually builds up to a lot of units. Um, now we're seeing less of that. I think it's because companies are one trying to figure themselves out amongst this, and then the the big projects are still going. You just have to turn a few more rocks over to to find them. Yeah. Um, now going fast forward, which hopefully isn't too far in the future, would be um, this return to work. Uh, obviously, things like the election and a vaccine and something magical about the new year seems to be in people's minds too that 2021 will just be covid free i don't know but but all those things could could add up to uh a shift the other direction like oh my gosh we're late let's hurry up and go now um never you know again I, if i had crystal ball i wouldn't we'd be talking on an island right now but um but i think the idea is that those things could be indicators of change and i think that there's a strong chance that for some part of the country or world it would go immediately to let's let's go let's catch up. We had this plan a year ago. It's the budget's still there, you know, and and hurry up and and complete. Um, what are some advancements that you know are you know being planned but just aren't ready yet? Um, Not just at Avacor, but in the industry overall. Yeah, I think well, we're watching the um, you know, my saying in, in the collaboration space is it takes a village to, to, to build solutions these days because there's no silver bullet, right, uh, in the sense of uh, uh, either an all-in-one system that does everything or uh, the technology is so affordable that you could throw that all in one box. Somebody's like, yeah, I'll pay that much money for it because it would be too much. So we've been really leveraging our partnerships coming together to make solutions that are better. Um, so... Really, you know, the recent thing that came out uh, has been the collaboration bars, which go on top of the displays, you know, that have the, the compute built in, a nice convenient way to do those are really obviously uh, intriguing. They're convenient for sure. Um, and then, um, yeah, the, it's really be predicated on what the, the, again, back to the platforms, what they do this next year. I think the good news for us in a category is they're going to be racing to fight each other. And when they fight each other, they're going to bring innovation in. That innovation is going to drive technology and, and use cases. We just have to balance it all together and make sure that we can keep up with it or enable the most of it. Um, yeah, but it's, I think there's enough technology around us in collaboration to do what we need to do. It's just, we we just need to return to work to, to do it again. Right, right. Uh, and then let the innovation begin more on the software side, honestly, Zach, because the hardware around it is ready to go. I mean, the, the clear that the cameras are more than powerful. Mm-hmm. We're doing people counting now. We're doing sensor detection in the rooms. You know, we've got displays that are beautiful and easy to touch. 
uh, becoming more and more affordable. So really what we're now saying to the market is we need we need more given to us to, to let the user do more. Right. And I think that's what we're going to see in this next year. Awesome. Uh, well, Dan, thanks very much. I appreciate your time very much. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Thank you as well. No problem. Thanks for listening to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you would like to learn more, head to MyTechDecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at MyTechDecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZWCobo. Until next time. <laughs>